great future. We're talking real money. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Don McDonald, and gosh, this must mean another week's gone, because it's the Friday Q&A edition, and unlike last week, it's all cues. I'm so excited. I like cues so much, but not that I don't like your comments or your corrections. I appreciate them both, but I do this for the cues, for the questions, because my goal is to help you understand those things that impact you and to change the way you deal with them a lot of the time. In fact, a lot of these are about changing the way you deal with money and how you look at investing. So uh, if you send in a question, I'll try and answer it here every Friday. If you speak it, you have to speak it at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. You can also type those. Those will get played at other times. Or you can call us every Saturday at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. So uh, without further ado, let's do what we do, and that is talk to you. And here's our first question. Hi, Tom and Don. This is Susan from the very cold Northeast. I listened to Don's January 26th Friday Q&A podcast. Of particular interest was the segment toward the end of the podcast, which discussed having asset classes and appropriate funds when looking for a tax advantage strategy. I have a traditional IRA all in VTTVX, Vanguard 2025, target date retirement fund. Long story short, I have met Medicare Irma up close and personal, and I would love to be able to have some sort of tax strategy. My question is, if it's possible Should I put all of VTTVX IRA into a bond fund, perhaps BND or Muni VTEB to help dampen the taxes? Holistically, my portfolio has only about 34% in bonds, given that I have a low risk tolerance. That's a little sketchy, but since bonds went down in the recent past When stocks declined, I suppose it didn't matter much. So getting more bonds in my IRA is not really a huge concern. Wonder what you think about that. Thanks so much and appreciate all you do. Well, thanks, Susan. And, you know, I bet you thought this was going to be a short, easy answer, didn't you? That was going to just go right to the meat of the issue. Should you buy more bonds or shouldn't you? Should you get into municipals or shouldn't you? Should you, in other words, create a tax strategy based on Irma? And for those of you who don't know who Irma is, well, it's not a who or a her, it's an it. Uh, That's the extra money you will pay for Medicare Part B and D, but I'm not going to get into D, which is the drug part, because it's not that big. It's the extra money you will pay over and above, and I think in 2024, yeah, hold on, 2024, the Medicare Part B premium starts at $175. I'm going to round. I'm rounding. You're going to pay that amount if you make less as a couple, and I'm going to use couples too, than $206,000, your modified adjusted gross income. 
the only, then you start to pay more when your income increases to over $206,000. It increases by about $70 a month. If you make between 200 and 250, 206 and 258. So is that enough if you're below 258 to change the way you invest? No. I really don't. It's that thing about the tax tail wagging the investment dog. We get so caught up in the minutia. We always want to focus on the minutia because we hate paying extra. We all do. We hate paying extra. But would you rather make less to avoid paying a little extra? Because that's basically what this what you have to do. You have to find a way to make less. And making small adjustments in your portfolio probably aren't going to cut it. I mean, the more money you have in a Roth or the more you withdraw from a Roth, if you're in a high-income phase of life still and and you're, you're paying for Medicare, then you don't want to draw money from your taxable resources like a, a regular IRA or 401k because that's going to increase your income. You want to withdraw for a while from your Roth if your income might go down in the future. But what all of this answer entails is you can't do this by the seat of your pants. There is no way for this to be done properly than for a holistic look to be done of your entire financial situation. Where are your sources of income? How can those possibly be modified as they relate to one another? And that requires working either with an accountant or an accountant or a, a truly fiduciary investment advisor who's not selling stuff or a combination thereof. But it does. And this is why as you get older and if you've been very successful in life, you need help. You got to have help. You can't do this by yourself. It's too complicated all these other things, the tax situation, the estate situation, the, the creating income situation, all of these things. You can't do these things by yourself. You must have the, uh, employ the services of some professionals. I mean, think about it for a minute. Where your Irma really starts to get pricey, and it's really, <laughs> this is all relative, by the way, I mean, because I pay for employer-sponsored health insurance well over $1,000 a month, okay? So let's put things in perspective. The highest Part B premium in 2024 will be $594 a month, and that is for a couple that makes more than makes more per year than three-quarters of a million dollars in income. If you're making more than three-quarters of a million dollars in income, you should have a great accountant and a great advisor. You really should not be going this alone. So that's what I would do, Susan. I'd get help. Uh, because and, and if it's just if we're just talking minor changes to save you possibly 60, 70, maybe $150 a month, even if you're up in the 300 range, may not be worth it. Thanks for the call, though. And thanks for listening. And now another one came into talkingrealmoney.com just like that. 
Hi, this is Bruce from Mucketeer, Washington, and I could use some advice from the two of you on bond ETFs. I've currently restructured my portfolios to simplify things with the exception of my bond investments, and I currently have BNDX for my international bonds and a combination of BND and FBND for U.S. bonds. I'm looking at BYLD, which is an iShares yield-optimized bond ETF, which holds a collection of eight different iShares bond funds. And I'm wondering what you think of this as an investment to add to my portfolio to replace the FBND and the BND, and what you think of having a fund that's a collection of all funds. Thank you very much for your help. I always appreciate it. Well, Bruce, I think at the beginning of your question, you said you were trying to simplify your portfolio. It doesn't sound simple. Not your bond portfolio. I mean, I would just have BND. Really. I would just have BND. Because it's high-quality paper. It's all investment-grade paper at an expense ratio of three one-hundredths of 1% per year. You know that uh, Fidelity bond fund? It's 10 times more expensive, to actually 12 times more expensive. 12 times. Uh, the B-Yield, B-Y-L-D? No! Ew! Okay, okay, let's talk about wh what are bonds for? No, not income. No. Okay, they provide income. That's nice. That's a bonus. Why do we have a portion of our portfolios in bonds? To keep us sane to keep us from behaving badly when the stocks that should, in most cases, provide the bulk of your income in the, in the form of capital gains, but the bulk of your increases in value when, for when they go down. So you don't need all this other stuff. Now, to have BNDX, if you want some exposure to other governments around the planet, don't have a big beef with that because it is currency hedged and it is still very, very cheap. Very cheap. I think it's seven one hundredths of one percent. But BYLD is it is like forty percent risky, risky, risky stuff like junk and uh, and loans and things like that. Stuff I wouldn't want to touch with a ten foot pole. You don't want those in your portfolio because they exhibit risk and volatility characteristics that are very similar to stocks. So why own them? If stocks have in the past been a better vehicle, why do you want them? So, no, I would not touch BYLD, and I would probably get rid of FBND because they actually uh, increase, they, they take extra risk to enhance yield. They're a yield-enhancing total bond market product. So, I'd skip them both. Thanks for your question. If you want to send one in, go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on the contact form. That's easy. And then record it with your mic on your computer or your phone. Here's our next one. Hi, Tom and Don. I'm wondering where you two stand on dividend investing. Is this a part of your guys' investing strategy? Do you envision having dividend stocks or ETFs in your retirement and living off the dividends? There is a lot of talk about the ETF SCHD 
the Schwab U.S. Dividend Equity ETF, which currently yields about 3.5% and follows a well-known index. I know you guys will like the expense ratio of 0.06%. What do you think of this particular ETF? Does it have a place in a balanced worldwide portfolio? All dividends are 100% qualified for tax purposes. Would you recommend ETFs like this? Is it better to hold a dividend ETF in a taxable account or say a Roth IRA where the dividends would be tax-free? As usual, keep up the good work. We all appreciate the savvy advice you keep giving us. Thanks so much for the great comments. But it seems like you, like like so many others, are trying to look for that income-generating product in retirement, that magic formula to, great, to, to get a higher income. And dividend investing, in our opinion, is not the way to do it. Because if a stock has a really high dividend, it either has no growth potential to speak of, none, or it's a company that's in trouble and may not pay that dividend much longer. This is not a good strategy, and I want to go back to the previous question about what are bonds for? What are fixed income investments for? They are for stability. We would like to see you create a plan, and anyone can do this. It's not that complicated. A plan whereby you build a portfolio that is properly diversified between stocks and good bonds, intermediate, high-quality bonds well-diversified, U.S. international, with an emphasis on small cap and value. Now, bear in mind that small cap, not small cap, that value weighting is going to give you higher dividends because those tend to be the stocks that are undervalued, the ones with higher dividends. So you're going to get some of those without a strategy that focuses on a very narrow pool of stocks. We want to broaden that pool for diversification that dampens volatility. So we want to see you with a portfolio that is 50% stocks, 50% bonds, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, depending on your risk profile. Now let's talk again about what a risk profile is. That is a combination of your ability to take risk, your stomach, how strong your stomach is, how strong, how much control you have over your emotions, your fear emotion particularly. The more you can stand the volatility of the market, the more you can put into the stock side of the market, which has a hundred-year history with great data of outperforming almost any other investment class known to mankind. Will it do it all the time? No, that's why we have the bonds, because it doesn't do it all the time. But what you then do is you withdraw income from the whole portfolio. You take an income from the appreciation in your stocks and the dividends that have gone back into your account and created a pool of cash from which to withdraw. It is a holistic approach to your portfolio and to your income. We are not looking for investments that yield enough income to support you in retirement. Nope. We are looking for investments that in aggregate have shown a tendency to, even with the bond portfolio in there, make more than fixed income in general. And we've run all kinds of charts, Monte Carlo simulations and stuff. And regularly, they show that if you're in a, in a focused portfolio or a fixed income portfolio, and you're taking out 4 or 5% per year, 
that in many scenarios, you run out of money. But we found we, it's hard to find a scenario in which you run out of money if your portfolio is 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and you're taking out 4 or 5% per year. We just it, it, it hasn't happened in the past. So, um, I mean, we don't know what the future is going to bring. But no, we're, we're opposed to the dividend strategy. We, do, we don't like it. Holistic. Go for the whole thing. And here is today's final Q of the Q and the A. Hello, Don and Tom. My question is regarding a backdoor Roth IRA conversion from an IRA. In 2023, I opened up a new IRA. I contributed $6,000 for the year 2022 in March of 2023. And they did the conversion of that $6,000 for 2022 into a Roth. Then the next week I did the $6,500 with a contribution year of 2023 in March of 2023 and converted it to a Roth the following day as well. Meaning in total, I contributed $12,500 to an IRA and they did two separate conversions. And when I marked those on E-Trade, I marked them both in the correct calendar years. My question is, can I, did I do that right? Can I do all 12,501 calendar year or did I make a mistake and I now have an unknown tax liability going into tax season? Um, any guidance here would be great. Thank you and enjoy the show. Backdoor Roths both in the same year? Yeah, totally legal. You can do it. I read somewhere, I seem to remember a long time ago, and I don't, don't know where it was. I read somewhere that the 80-something form you have to fill out when you've done that, I don't remember what the number is. I'm not an accountant. I hate doing taxes. Uh, but whatever that form is, that there's a little bit more complexity in filling it out if you've done two transfers from a regular to a Roth in the same year. But it didn't sound like it was all that complicated, and it certainly is something any decent accountant can pull off without breaking a sweat. So can you do both in the same year? Heck yeah. Uh, you can't keep doing that, but you know if you didn't do it last year and you're doing it this year too, you're, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. The backdoor Roth IRA. If you don't know what that is, that's for people who are not eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA because they make too much money. Well, you can put money into a regular IRA and move it over to the Roth IRA right away and get that tax-free growth. So, Okay, thank you so much for all the great questions. Please tell a friend or two about what we do. If you want to attend Retire Meet virtually that we're doing at the end of February, just go to retiremeet.com. You pay 5 bucks, That goes to charity. And uh, you can spend the day with us virtually online. Retire Meet 10, our 10th edition with me, Tom, Paul Merriman, uh, 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 Weston Wellington from Dimensional Funds. We're going to have Medicare experts and uh, estate planning and just a ton of great stuff. So go to retiremeet.com. If you get a chance, tell a friend or two or several. Uh, what else did I want to tell you? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, 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 and call, call us. Call. Tom and I do a radio show every Saturday that becomes a podcast the next week. Call us, and we can talk 
together as opposed to this where you ask and then I wait and answer it later. We can actually have a conversation. Just go to just call 855-935-TALK on Saturdays between 3 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time, noon to 2 Pacific, 855-935-TALK. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time as I answer your questions and continue talking real money. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. Is anybody still listening?